Next Chapter Podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 500 The 500 J.A.M. walking us down through that 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend The king of peace for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end with my man J.M. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. Well, the evening fell just like a star, left a trail behind. You oh, this is a perfect song. It's called Please Call Me Baby by Tom Waits from his record Heart of Saturday Night that came out in 1974. It's also number 339 out of 500 on my podcast. 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, everybody? I got some shows for everybody. December 9th through the 12th, I will be in Edmonton, uh, Canada at the House of Comedy. December 16th through the 19th, I will be in St. Louis at the Funny Bone. Uh, December 20th, I'm doing the Goddamn Comedy Jam at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, You can stream that at mintcomedy.com. I got a great lineup of uh, Chris Red, Judy Gold, Derek Gaines, and Jared Freed. It's going to be the shit. And then December 30th through January 2nd, I will be in Vancouver. All tickets are on my website, joshadammyers.com. Get tickets and follow me at joshadammyers on all social media. Uh, Tom Waits, what's he building in there? His name is Tom Waits. What's he building in there? Uh, What he's been building is very interesting music. Uh, This is our third uh, foray into Tom Waits on the podcast. And uh, honestly, in my opinion, the albums keep getting better and better and better. Um, We're going to talk all about it with my guest today, Forrest Shaw. Forrest is co-host of I Don't Know About That with our good buddy Jim Jeffries. Uh, He's an incredible comic. You've seen him on Conan. Uh, He was a writer for the Jim Jeffries Show. He's on tour with Jim. He's on tour himself. He's one of my closest friends. I love him. He drives me to the airport. Uh, We've taken mushrooms together, and we're going to talk all about it. Oh, and you can listen to his record, Mr. Grizzly, on SiriusXM. Stream it. Give him that money. And his special, Poor Decisions, is on Amazon Prime. Uh, This was fun. This was a fun one. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500 and listen free on all platforms. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group, 
run by crazy Evan. Uh, also, guys, find Evan and and give him some love, man. I think he's dealing with some shit. Uh, we love you, Evan. Uh, I love you to death. And uh, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, nothing left to say. Hey, Tom, you want to do it? Here we go with number 339 out of 500 with the heart of Saturday night by me, little Tommy Waits. Adam, I don't think you realize, I don't think you realize how much I love this dude Forrest. Like this, you know, my, you're my, I, the reason I got to New York is because of you. Well, with I mean, the airport, but yeah. Hey, you did <laughs> at like this weird time though. You dude, one time you drove me like at a super weird time. Three and three or four in the morning. Yeah. Three or four in the morning. And you're my favorite person to take mushrooms with because you come up with weird business strategies for hot ice, <laughs> hot ice. No, 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 no. Hot, hot flame. I, cold <laughs> flames. Cold flames. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, hot ice too. Yeah, but, but a flame that instead of emitting heat, emits cold. <laughs> I mean, <Genius. laughs> how did somebody not come up with that? It's, yeah, I don't know. So good. I'm trying to get these fucking vaccines out. They need to send a couple of the scientists on the fucking cold flame, dude. <laughs> cold flame. <laughs> do you have anything you want to promote up top? Anything you want to like get out there to the fleece army just up top? What do you got going on? Um, you know, well, I got uh shows. That's always good, right? I mean, yeah. I'm I'm gonna be at the comedy cellar for like New Year's Eve then in Las Vegas, like for that whole week. And then Philadelphia, January 20th, punchline. One nice. night only. Please come to that. I and, might, um, I might come down for that. Yeah, please. I might do. come down to hang. I might come down to hang. We'll go to Lorenzo. You want to do set? Uh, I mean, you want to? You want to like do the middle? Uh, Not that you, I'm saying you're opening for it, but if you want the set, you know, and the money, if you're gonna I, come down there, probably, anyways. probably, yes, probably because dude, that's a that's an expensive trip from fucking. Is this Trenton. in the podcast or are we just talking? This is I'm all here, dude. This, this is no. This is all. We're all okay. fucking. I know this. This when is it? Wait, this airs. This airs December eighth. Yeah, this air. This airs like this Wednesday. I know that, Adam. I'm not stupid. For Forest, that's all. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, well, okay. yeah. So don't worry. It's a month so yeah. off. And you're out. And you're out on the road with Jim right now, right? Yeah, I just got off the road with him. Um, I'm done for the year with him, but I go out next year a bunch with him. Hopefully, out of the country if things go well. And I do the podcast with him every week. I don't know about that podcast. With Jim Jeffries. Um, so that's a good thing. If you want to listen to another podcast, <laughs> add it to your repertoire. Yeah, dude. Everybody, please arm me. Listen to that shit. It's Jim Jeffries, like, hearing about shit he doesn't know about. And and Forrest and the... And there's another host, right? Kelly Zabilski is also on there as well. It's like Jim's... It's like his ideal job. He doesn't... Have, he's not allowed to prepare for it. He literally cannot know what we're talking about. So he's not allowed to prepare for it. He just shows up and we're like, hey, we're talking about cheese today. And then I ask him a bunch of bunch of questions about cheese. He doesn't know shit. And fun. So I so let's get into it because this is Adam, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is our third Tom Waits record we've done. Uh, I'm gonna see wow. if I re- I'm gonna see if I remember each one in order. The first one we did, Mule Variations. That's a newer one. Um, all right, Adam gave me the thumbs up. The second one we did, I think, is the one that might be his most respected, Rain Dogs. Correct. Good job. Thank you. And wow. Rain- and then closing time, is that even on the list or is that? Adam will check. No, it's not. It's obviously that- not by that reaction from Adam. 
that's his first album. And that's like the one that I just associate with him the most, just because I listened to it the most when I was a kid. My mom listened to it. I didn't yeah. listen to it. Well, no, what's funny is, and let's dig into that right now because you brought it up, is you, there was another record that we had on the list prior um, that I already had filled the guest, but you were like, yo, if somebody hasn't done it, I would yeah. love to do it because my mom used to listen to this record. I, and I don't remember what it was. John Prime. It was John Prine, yes, hundred yeah. percent John Prine, yeah. um, and I had already had Tim Dillon locked in for it. Um, the so, but with this one, you said that again. So, like, so what was that like? You know, so your is your mom just listening to music because you know, like, I feel like you're getting a, everybody gets it from their big brother or like a cool neighbor. Yeah. I feel like you're getting a lot of your music from your mom. Well, yeah. So, so it was just me and my mom growing up because my mom left my dad when I was like one and a half. So it was just me and my mom. She was very much, she had a lot of jobs. So she was constantly driving me somewhere so she could go work or we'd be driving to go, you know, on some sort of little getaway on a weekend or something. So I was just constantly in the car with my mom and she constantly put music on. And it was like that, uh, I call it like upbeat depression music is like what you would listen to, you know? Yeah. Like Tom Waits, um, John, John Prine, Joni Mitchell. She listened to a lot of, you know, where you're like, man, this is depressing, but uh, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, you know, every, it's like, every, every Joni Mitchell song is like, oh, no, long ago, the bank took my house from me. Oh, my uncle died of crippling disease. Well, that's only one song that you're doing, but yeah, but every song, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I really, you know, when you're a kid, you just, you hear it over and over and you absorb it. And it's funny, the John Prine, I, I think on that album, it's called uh, Sam Jones. And it's like, there's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes. Yes, yes, yes. One of my favorite. Yeah, yeah one of my he returns from the Vietnam War and he's the heroin act. All right. So my mom got called into, I'm, I was like in preschool or kindergarten, got called in because I was singing the lyrics to that in the, there's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes. And they're like, uh, we're very concerned about your small child is thinking about a heroin junkie. <laughs> You know, can you get him listening to some more upbeat stuff? You know, maybe some Neil Diamond. I mean, can you mix in a little more Righteous Brothers? She's like, <laughs> nope, Tom Waits, John Prine, fucking. Yeah, Joni. Well, she also listened to a lot of reggae. So it was kind of like that would be the the counterbalance. We would be like, oh, man, we're fucking. Yeah. It's great music, but I'm feeling down. Let's put on jamming right now. Or no, no, that's the thing. You were like, you were like, you know, put on jamming. She's like, no, 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 no. We're listening to the get up, stand up, like tortured in by the man. Like, real. Nah, 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 you're right. There was a lot of Peter Tosh, even though he was in the Whalers. It was like, it, it definitely was like, this is social, social warrior music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, your mom listened to some deep shit. So, yeah. I mean, well, why was that? What, what was like, I mean, was she just, it was a, you know, like, her upbringing or like was she like did she go to like a lot of like like did she go to woodstock type thing uh she didn't go to woodstock but i, I would say two things um i mean she did drugs she did a lot of drugs nice. and you know you you, you tend to like uh, especially like introspective drugs like acid or something like that like something hallucinogenics where you like start to you know you're like looking at the lyrics more and the meanings of songs and that's what like you know tom waits is or any other people are talking about um and also, uh, she's really smart. And I think that smart people are prone to depression. Not that people that aren't smart aren't, but I mean, it's just a lot They've from like, you know, a lot of times studies I've read or something like that. I haven't read the studies. I just read about the studies that were the studies. But so I think that, you know, she was kind of into that somberness, that uh, that sadness to like embrace it, but also like have this 
artistic way of it being expressed. And you know, another thing is all those people that I mentioned, Tom Waits included, um, John Prine, Johnny Mitchell, they're all is an element of humor in their music too. And, or they're humorous, you know, and it's like the interviews, if you ever seen an inter late night interview with Tom Waits, um, David Letterman, um, he did countless times. He was on Johnny Carson stuff. It's funny. Like even to the final week, David Letterman was on there. Uh, there's a thing where George Clooney's on there and he handcuffs himself to, to David Letterman because he's like, well, you can't leave. And then he brings Tom Waits out and Tom Waits is just doing jokes. He's doing jokes about a antiperspirant he's invented called new car smell because that way you wear it and then people think you have a new car and like just like and then for people that don't work a lot he invented a perspirant that way it smells like you've been working so you don't <laughs> seem like you're like you know and so my mom was really funny too she's like that's how one of the reasons I became a comedian is my uh, there's a lot of humor in my family so I think it was like a combination of all that kind of stuff but you know uh, listening to this type of music do you remember the first time you heard this record um I don't remember this specific this specific moment, but I, I just know that I was probably six or seven. So six or seven years old listening to this. Like, what is it? Do you like it? Or are you just trying to so you like you like it because you like it or you like it because your mom listens to it and you just want to connect more with your mom because it's just you and your mom? Well, um, I'd say both because I mean, you know, it was just me and my mom. So I was like, my mom's that's my best friend, you know, like I'm I'm tight with my mom. I don't have anybody else that I'm wrong. And so I wanted to like the stuff she liked for sure. But there's also, I mean, he's an amazing, he's arguably one of the best songwriters ever. I mean, you know, and uh, there's an element of some of his songs that I just listening to the record again before doing this podcast, I'm like, oh man, this like, yeah, I sing that all the time. Like there's the, the San Diego serenade. I know we're going to get into each track, but, mm -hmm. but it's like this repetitive, repetitive, uh, Thing that a child you could do over and over and make up your own lyrics to it kind of you know like just yeah. the rhythm of it and, the, um, and uh i don't i i i enjoy I, I the closing time album i remember being really close with when i was a kid for some reason that was his first album but maybe my mom listened to it more i don't know but she would get together with friends of hers too that were musicians and they would you know strum and play a lot of these songs on the guitar and so get high I remember they get high <laughs> they get oh high. yeah 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 they called yeah, it yeah. uh they had a code, I remember. It was like, we're going to go swimming. That's what they call it. And then it's like, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Like, I'm not done. Like, by the time I'm eight, I'm like, oh, you're going to smoke pot out of this weird, they had a weird plastic ball that looked like it didn't have, you know, like it was a solid ball, but you'd have to find this little seam and you'd pop it open. And there was like shitty weed in there <laughs> with stems and seeds, you know, we roll it up some grass, dude. God, I wish my fucking parents were that hip, man. I, I, this is the funny thing is like my dad, he may have smoked pot once in his life. Yeah. Uh, and he was the guy that was like, he was like in college, I got way too drunk. I threw up and I never got drunk again. Mm. My mom would always talk about how, you know, she's like, I used to be hip. Like I, I once smoked hashish with this Israeli guy. And <laughs> And that was it. And then years later, because I experimented with a lot of drugs uh, and, you know, still do kind of like not the bad ones, like none of the addictive ones anymore. But um, when my mom was having like really bad back pain once in we went on to a wedding in New Jersey, I remember I she I was my sister's a doctor or was in medical school at the time. And uh, 
and she was like, she's like, mom, you know what, you know, so you should just try, you should try weed. And my, and my mom was like, you know, for her back pain, she was like, she's like, if someone had it, I'd smoke it. And I had brought like an eighth with me of like kind bud. And so when my dad and my sister went out to the beach in New Jersey, I rolled up a blunt and I was going to go smoke it by myself. And then I walked into the hotel room. My mom was just on the bed, like agonizing in pain. And I look over, I'm like, ma, I was like, you know, you said you'd get high if somebody had it. She's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I got weed. She's like, light that shit up and then we got fucking high as balls and watched uh you know fucking you know some british cooking show and lunch and she, I, I got high with my mom once once was it only one time you got high with your mom or the twice right yeah my mom did drugs and we talked about her, me doing drugs and her doing drugs but we never did them together so which because i think that would be kind of weird but there was one time she asked me to get her a joint for her friends that were musicians when she was old, like I was older, she was older. And then, uh, and um, I think I'd just gotten back from college and then, uh, and the hurricane was coming. We had to prep for the hurricane. I grew up in Miami, Florida. And so we had to like put all the shutters up, bring all the stuff in from outside. It takes a whole day to prep. It's a fucking pain in the ass. I do yeah, not miss hurricanes at all. And so then we're sitting there and it's like my mom, my stepdad and me, and I go in my room and she just comes in my room and she goes, Hey, Hey, remember that uh, joint you gave me to give to my friends? I never gave it to him. You want to smoke it right now? I go, yeah, yeah, let's smoke it. And she had it. I don't know if she thought, you know, the DEA was going to storm down the door or something. She had it wrapped in 55 pieces of saran wrap and then in another thing and hidden. And I was like, such a paranoid. She unwraps <laughs> it all. She goes, I'm going to smoke a cigarette so that Dave, this is my stepdad, he doesn't, he doesn't know we're smoking weed. She's like cover, like she had all the tree. I'm going to cover up the weed smell. I'm going to puff this in and then we'll pass the joiner. Okay, okay. I'm going to say, mom, this is really strong. This is not like the shit you used to smoke, you know? Yeah. She goes, ah, you don't talk to me. You know, you don't talk to me about that. Anyways, it was like Florida. They call it crippy, you know, there or whatever. <laughs> she got so blitzed. We smoked. We had talked for a while. It was fun. Then she went into her bedroom. I went to mine. And about 10 minutes later, she's just standing in my doorway out of her, just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and I can just tell she's fucked. <laughs> she's so fucked. Yeah. She's, she's not used to this weed. And she's just like, are you okay there? Like, come on in. Sit down. And let's get you some water and stuff. It, is, it that was the only time I ever smoked with her. And it was fair. I enjoy it. But I, I don't think it'd be cool. To, some people are like, I got high with my mom all the time. I don't know if that's, that's the move. Now, yeah. there, was a, there was a kid, Jesse Fitzgerald, that used to live in my neighborhood. And we used to smoke pot in his basement before class. His, his basement was like the hangout for all of us, our junior and senior year of high school. And uh, in the mornings, me and a couple other dudes would go to jesse's house and we would uh we would hang out and smoke pot before we went to school and they drive us to school his mom would drive us to school or or jesse when he got his license and i remember he would like go upstairs they'd be like they'd be like jesse he's like your turn and they had this one bong they called it the fuck what did they call it it was like brassy brass hits he's like it's your turn like and he'd call him like it's your turn retard and like he'd go up there hit from the brassy and then come downstairs because we can never hit from the brassy. But, yeah. but I mean, yeah, you don't want that. Like nah, nothing nah, against nah. him. Jesse, I think Jesse turned out fine. I don't know what happened to his great dad. Guy. He's a great, great guy, guy yeah. you know? Uh, but yeah, dude, his mom was like high as fuck, like driving us to school, like wearing, like wearing like sunglasses that you get like for free at like a bar mitzvah gift bag, like real crappy, like Ray-Bans. Um, yeah, I don't, but let me ask you this. Cause we're talking about Tom Waits. Do you think that drugs makes this album hit differently then? Um, well, 
I think that if you have never taken drugs or never drank, you don't need to do drugs. Even if it's, I, I look at him more of a boozer. I know that he's, you know, probably partaked in everything, but it's just like, I just look at it more of a boozy kind of feel than a drug feel. But I, I, it's more about the underbelly, like his music, you know, just kind of that, like, you know, bar scene, the, the, the night scene, you know, like it's Bukowski. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's literally like, it's like what I know about Bukowski, like a heavy drinker sitting at a bar, the characters that enter your life, every, every album of his that we've listened to so far is so interesting. Like, I, I would never say I'm a fan of him um, because it's not like, like I, I always associated Tom Waits with like really cool people like Jason Momoa, uh, my buddy, Michael Raymond James, like actors, actors, Johnny Depp type people really love Rob Schaefer, the guy that owns Schaefer's garment hotel, which is the clothing that I wear. He basically dresses me for the most part. Um, he, I go in there and it's like that, you know, like if you want to, people that dress like Mumford and Sons listen to this record. You know what I mean? They have a, they have a leather, they have a leather thing on their, on their forearm. Cuff. cuff. Mm. They have a cuff. I, got I don't have that, but. Uh, no, but I know I, you don't. You fucking I, are the anti fucking, you're Mumford and, and cat, <laughs> outdoor cat. <laughs> well, I, it's weird. I would think that you, okay. With Tom Waits, I feel like, and I know Adam puts on my hair. He's number five rank songwriter. Of all, number 55, 55. 55 ranked songwriter of all time okay i mean it's, I, it's all opinionated on but but uh i would think that comedians people that travel a lot would uh, would be gravitate to more and that's maybe why actors do and, and people in the entertainment industry because it's this to me it's like it's there's a lot of it feels like about being alone his music it's kind of like this lonely loner kind of music and also it's and even on this album too there's a lot about there's a lot of things i relate to just as being a comedian traveling being away from home missing things um you know perspective that you get from you know being away or something like that you know and so i think that it's a real association that these people have with them you know especially all the actors and people you're talking about because these are people that are that are, are not stationary, you know, they're mobile, they're moving around a lot and stuff. And I get, and I think as a musician, that's like where Tom Waits was coming from with a lot of this, of just being on this constant move and, and just being alone, even though you're around all these people kind of thing. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. 
you know? No, I, I, I agree. Because actually one of the things that Adam uh, and Ben, my writer, he wrote his, his lyrics often focus on the, yeah, on the underbelly of society and delivered in his trademark voice, uh, which I would say this record is really a tame. It doesn't sound so much like you and I, Forrest. He sounds much more out of all the other two records where I'm like mule variations. He's got that song, What's He Building in Here? Where he's like, what's he building in here? Yeah. He's young. He's only 25 on this album, maybe, you know, and which, by the way, he still sound he, you'd still think he's like in his 50s when you're listening to it. For sure. But, um, but his voice, this closing time, this is the second album, I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this yeah. first album, closing time, this is the second one. He's still young, you know, so his Very voice young. is is still there. He hasn't, you know, have been weathered with the drinking and cigarettes and whatever, else, you know, drugs, whatever. So it's like it's still there. Yeah. It's, 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 it's still like kind of, it's good. You know, it still has like this yeah. smooth quality to it. You know? Yeah. So, all right. So Adam put it, he's 27 years old when he made it. All right. Here's, here's the background on this record. Uh, second studio record. Like you said, uh, at this point in his career, it reflected his lyrical interest in nightlife, poverty, and criminality. I feel like he's never gotten away from that. And that's every <laughs> album is like, yeah. well, then the criminals come and the poverty starts and then the nightlife goes to zoo. <laughs> I think every one of his songs. And that's why I'm into it. That that was a big part of my life. I mean, I was a biologist and now I'm a comedian, but in the middle of all that stuff, I was in that underbelly. I, was, I grew up in Miami. I grew up around a lot of drugs. I sold drugs. I did drugs. I, you know, I, I went to nightclubs and bars. And it's, so you're, yeah. so from what I just got from what you just said, if you were Tom Waits, your songs would be like, well, so I'm at a nightclub in Miami beach and then the criminals come up and Hey, there's a salamander over there. And that manatee, is a manatee. There's a manatee <laughs> by my knee. And then I'm living at the bar and watching the heat game. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't feel like that's the right tempo for every song, but you're sure. Yeah. No, dude, hold on, I got another one. I got another one. Okay. Alonzo Morning got traded to the team. He got signed on the contract. I'm gonna get drunk. Hey, what's it over there? Oh, it's a seahorse. It's pretty good. It's a seahorse. Yeah, it's good. You got something there. Uh, sorry, yeah. where was it? Where was it? Waits himself is later dismissive of this record, uh, describing it as very ill-formed, but I was trying. This album is considered a, I mean, hey, man, you know, you fucking shit on yourself and then you build yourself up. That sounds like a guy that's in the nightlife poverty and criminality. The album is considered a bridge between the singer-songwriter side of Waits and the jazzier Small Change, uh, which is released in 1976. Uh, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. When does this record come out? All right, it was released 1974, so yes. Okay, all right. Okay, cool. So I didn't listen to Small Change, but I haven't listened to the first record. So this is, I know this, and then I don't know. When did Rain Dogs come out? But if it was 74, I think he would be like 25. He was 25. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Are you giving us fake information, Adam? <laughs> There's a fake. Dude, there, you, do you understand how fucking rough the fans are on I me know, if I fuck I up a name? There is somebody right now that's like, he was 24. He was 24. Well, I can't believe he'd say 27. I'm turning this off and I'm listening to a Malcolm Gladwell piece. Um, Rain Dogs was 1985, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So that's like far and the Mule Variations, I think, was like 2000, yeah. 2006 or something. Uh, so this album marks the start of a decade-long collaboration between Waits and record producer and engineer Bones Howe, I love that name, who produced and engineered all Waits recordings until the artist left Asylum. Howe recounts his first encounter with the young artist. I told him I thought his music and lyrics had a Kerouac quality to them. 
100%. I can't agree with that more. He is, he is a beat writer uh, through and through. And he was blown away that I knew who Jack Kerouac was. Uh, I told him I also played jazz drums and he went wild. Then I told him that when I was working for Norman Granz or Granz and Norman had found these tapes of Kerouac reading his poetry from the beat generation, a hotel, I told Waits, I'll make him a copy. And then that sealed it. And then uh, what else do I got? The album cover is based on Frank Sinatra's in the wee small hours. It's an illustration of a tired Waits being observed by a woman as he exits. Oh, it is it's based on a cocktail lounge at night. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't oh, know totally. That. Totally, totally. Uh, and that's, and it's, you, and, and on this album, if you said like, oh yeah, he, he was definitely influenced by Frank Sinatra. And if you listen to older albums, I mean, newer albums, you'd be like, what? Because his voice is so, so gone. But if you listen on, there's definitely some songs on this album where you're like, oh, that arrangement's familiar. Almost like a, like a, a old crooner or Frank Sinatra style, but the lyrics are different. You know, it's like in a different kind of aspect, but yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that about the album cover. So you have listened to the first record, uh, Closing Time, right? Oh yeah. So I was just, we found this little, little burb. Some critics say that Heart of Saturday Night retains the same smoky barroom setting that Waits describes in that album, but strips it of the romanticism of favor of more elevated poetics. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I think, well, I mean, there's, yeah. And, and there's definitely, it's interesting what you said before. I, I think there's a, 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 a definite change and I mean, the first song, it's, well, what's a, it's the paint. I'm sorry. It's a new coat of paint. Coat of paint. Yeah. Yeah. Th I think that's what it's about is like, Hey, uh, we're, we're doing what I did before, but we're slapping a new coat of paint on it and doing something just, we're going to make it a little bit different here or make it appear that it's different, even though we're doing the same thing. And there's like more string arrangements in this album. It's not as like, it's not as just like stripped down, like you said at all. Like it feels like, uh, more orchestral in certain points because of the strings. But even when it's just like, him playing and stuff and it feels yeah more produced too but like you said it's it's this is the beginning of that relationship with bones with bones i, you know, I yeah first big ups bones big oh, shout bones. out to bones is bones still alive i you know I, like as i've listened to him in this weird order as we do on this podcast for me to discover music where I start with usually the, the later albums are the ones that we listen to first. And then we get back. It's not a way to introduce you usually to an artist. Like I would never give somebody to get into Tom Waits mule variations first. Uh, I would probably give them this. I feel like this yeah. is a very good record to introduce yourself with the legend that is Tom Waits. Um, Whereas the other, the other two records, Rain Dogs, you know, it's great, but it's, it's not as accessible, as easily accessible as this is. And, and I found this to be, you know, very, very easy to listen to, expecting it to be weird. And there were those weird songs on there that he has, like, uh, where is it? Let me pull this song up. So, all right. So I want to, I want to, because I, I got, I have to really, uh, I think I told you guys why I wanted to bump this. So we were, so to all the listeners, we were supposed to record this about an hour before we actually sat down to do it. And the reason that I needed to bump it is because something happened to me that changed the way I feel about this record. Okay. Which doesn't happen very often where I am on the fence. Do I like it? I think I like it. And then boom, something happens. And I'm like, wow this is really good so i'm listening to the album 
um, earlier today. I take my dog on a walk. I have to go to uh, to deposit money at the Wells Fargo on 14th Street. This is a good record to listen to around New York City, especially today. It's beautiful. It's autumn. It's like it's gorgeous outside. Um, people are everywhere because it's been cold the last few days. And I'm starting the record. After I leave, uh, when I got to my, you know, I left my, leave my house and I get to the, I get to the, uh, to the bank, I deposit the money. And when I come out, I put on uh, Semi Sweet, which is the third seven, uh, song on the record. And then I'm noticing that my dog is kind of scared with 14th Street, which is the easiest way for me to get back to my apartment in Gramercy. So I'm like, I'm going to cut down Irving Plaza, which is, uh, it's like Union Square. It's beautiful restaurants everywhere it's a lot of money but it's just gorgeous the way the trees are and the song uh shiver me timbers comes on and i'm walking and suddenly something happens a person walks by now to explain that i have to go back to may so i'm in may i, I come to los angeles or not los angeles i come to new york and i meet this girl that gorgeous 25 years old uh, works has a real job is very smart, very mature. We meet at a show, we hit it off. We go back to a place that night. I remember the Uber was like $75 and I look at her, I'm like, are we going to fucking, and she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll pay $75 to take you back to Queens. And, and we hook up and the next day we go out to breakfast and it's great. And we realize we have a lot in common and throughout the next few weeks, you know, we are spending a couple nights a week together I show up late after my shows. We hook up the next day. We spend most of the day together and it's great and flirting and this, but it's really chill. Just like exactly what I want in a relationship. I'm like, Holy shit. This is the kind of girl that I wrote down when my, when my spiritual guide in LA told me like to write out the woman that you want. And I was like, God, she's got all the qualities in this, but I'm still keeping it very, you know, not putting too much into it because I don't want to rush. You know, it's chill, very casual, a casual dating. And then in August or July, late July, we, um, we go out on a date. It's great. We have this great night together. We, uh, we go out to dinner and then we go to this, this Italian restaurant and like there's like this mobster throwing around money and there's a guy playing piano and singing like old crooning songs. And I'm like, do you mind if I sing? And I sing, I left my heart in San Francisco and like it, the, the whole place, you know, is erupts with applause and the girl is just like, ah, oh, this is so great. And we go back to my place and we make love and it's incredible. She meets Lekka and then she leaves and she's like, I'm going out of town for two weeks. When I get back, I can't wait to see you. I'm like, perfect. And we keep in touch and we text. And suddenly two weeks later, I'm like, so you want to, you know, are you back? And she's like, yeah, but I had to go visit my dad in um, upstate New York. He, he's got some health issues. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, just keep me in the loop. What's going on? And, I, and then she starts ghosting me. And I'll like check in. I'll be like, hey, is everything okay? Like once a week or every couple of days. I'm like, you know, are you good? I know you said something about your dad. And then finally, after like two weeks, she's like, listen, you know, my dad's never been in the best quality of health. I don't really want to get into it, but I'm not going to be able to come back for a while. I have to stay up here and take care of him. Um, it's not good. And I'm like, totally. I was like, well, I'm here for you. You know, if you need a friend, need somebody to talk to, just let me know. And over the next couple months, I, I would just check in and, but she wouldn't respond, but I was more like not being needy, just being like, okay, whatever. That's, you know, I just want you to know, I lost my dad. I, you, if you were dealing with whatever, I'm here for you. And she's not, she's not posting nothing on social media, nothing at all. 
Uh, so I know she's dealing with shit. She was never at big poster, but you know what I mean? Um, and then maybe a week ago, I go online and suddenly she's got an Instagram story up and it's like her back in New York. Cause she wasn't in New York. She was in upstate. And it's like a picture of a guy with, um, him holding a cake and then like a heart around his name and this, but it could just be a friend. Cause the way she even phrased it, it was like, whatever his name was Ben dog or whatever. And so I write on a comment on that, like, Hey, glad to see you're back. You know, hope you're doing okay. No response. Um, so I basically given up on it. So, so then the song changes today and I'm walking down Irving Plaza and the song shiver me timbers is on slow, beautiful, and I'm listening to it, walking the dog. And then the next thing you know, this couple walks by me. And I'm like, not paying attention. I look up, I'm like, and I just, just a corner of my eye. I was like, oh, that girl's cute. Wow, she looked like whoever her name is. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the fucking girl, that's her. And then I turn around to double check and then she turns around and looks at me with like this shocked kind of like, longing or whatever the fuck you want. It was a scene from a fucking movie while in my headphones, Shiver Me Timbers is playing. And the cold don't whatever the fuck. And, and I kind of like give her, it's like out of a movie. I give her like a nod, like, and then I like turn around. It's like, well, Shiver Me Timbers. <laughs> And I, and, and I, as soon as I turn around, I, I mean, like, literally, I think I went pale because it just like, it hit me like, like a ton of bricks. It was so, it was so weird. And, um, and then I was like, I listened to the rest of the album. I was like, this album's, this album's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bad, wait, wait. So she looked at you like, just the right, like, yeah, it's me or. We're, but like, no, like long, we both, it was like, I'm sorry. Or. I don't, I don't know. It's like I'm in the way I'm visualizing it. Yeah. 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 There's a line in, man, it's in the title track, the heart of Saturday night. And I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but it's like, he's, he's with his girlfriend and they go to the bar, the sweetheart, they go to the bar and he sees the bartender and she has like a melancholy. It's like a look that someone else gives you when they're like, and, and you both know like, Hey, I'd like to talk to you. Or I'd like to see you. But I'm with this person. I can't, it's the same thing. It's the line in the title track of this album. Dude, it, it changed the way that I felt about this record immediately. Cause I listened to the rest of Adam, you got something to say? Are you about to, give I was the, lyric? Say the, the lyric is, and the barmaid is smiling from the corner of her eye, magic of the melancholy tear in your eye. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. That's what just happened. We're doing that girl. It was <laughs> so melancholy, dude. It was, it was one of the saddest, you know, it's sad. It, it was, you know, more or less because I wanted to be like, I wish I would have said something. I wish I would have gone up and been like, been like, oh, hey, what's going on? And she's like, oh, hey. And it would have been awkward. And mm. you know, who is this? This is, oh, this is my boyfriend, whatever. And I'm like, or, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But nah. I also want to like text her and be like, you know, you know, fucking fuck you bitch like you should just text her and say shiver me timbers <laughs> i should send her I didn't put any context into it at all yeah 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 <laughs> just what are you a pirate now it's like it's like <laughs> hilarious but it but that's what's so funny about music is that before that it was just like yeah it's a good record you know there's some songs on it i like there's some stuff that i'm like okay about but 
then that happens. And then I listen to the rest of the record, yeah. uh, you know, for the next hour or so. And I absorbed it differently. And it really, it really, you know, not every song, because immediately after Shiver Me Timbers, it goes to Diamonds on the Windshield. And it's like, doom, doom, doom. Spoken word about Orange County. Yeah. Never good. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest, to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. But uh, no, I, look, I'm a Tom Waits fan, but... It's since you weren't into them and you're kind of going in this backward sliding back scale. This is the album. I definitely would recommend you start with this one or closing time, but I would start with this one and then go to closing time. But I, the stuff he does now, his voice to me, because I grew up with this, you know, I still like him and I still think he's this amazing uh, person, songwriter, whatever actor. He's in the new, uh, he's in licorice pizza. He's in the new Paul Thomas Anderson. Is he? Yeah, he's always and and I think he's a real funny dude too. You I, I, do yourself a favor, just Google Tom Waits late night, just watch some late night appearances. They're fun, and um. But I think that he is number one. It's interesting you're listening to in New York too, because when you hear this, if I told you, oh yeah, he wrote all this in like Southern California and grew up in Southern California, you it doesn't even sound like it, except for the when you're talking about. I think it's. Uh, Diamonds on a windshield. It's like spoken word, but it's all about like the 101 and San Clemente. And you're like, what? <laughs> I went down to Temecula and got me a, got me a room at uh, Morongo <laughs> Casino. It's, it's just like, what? Uh, but, um, but I, I, and he is definitely an artist where it's like, you listen to this album and you're like, yeah, no, this is good. You listen to it again, you're like, this is good. And then either a moment like that'll happen or it'll just, it's, he's one of those artists that like just grows on you where you're like, wow, this is amazing. And how did I know that this was amazing the first time I heard it? Um, there's an artist named Ben Howard, who's a British guy. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Singer, songwriter, guitar player, amazing guitar player. Um, and he's he's big in his own right, like in, you know, the people love him, but he's another guy where you listen to his album and you just like, yeah, this is really good. And then like the 10th album, you're like, I think this is the best thing I've ever heard. Kind of, you know, it's yeah. I kind of put Tom Waits in that um, where he grows on you versus, you know. Well, do you well, think, do you think that the lyrics hold up? Like you mentioned some of this stuff about Irvine, about like, you know, even the spoken word beat stuff. I mean, uh, are, you know, does this, does this hold up or is this cheese ball at this point? 
I, I don't, well, look, I think this album's like two different. So the first half, I guess when this will come out, I would I assume that Diamonds on the Wind, the spoken word you're, when you're talking about, would be the last track on the first side. And then the Heart of Saturday Nights is first track on the second side. I'm not sure because I just don't Adam, know. Anymore. I think that's how Adam wrote it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Heart of the Saturday Night, the second side, it to me is like almost like this short film or play. Like all of the songs kind of go into each other. They're sort of related to each other. And just the, the imagery it's created, I think holds up fine. Because we're talking about like everything you said, uh, the seediness, you know, dive bars and, and nightlife and drunks and, and you know, people just kind of living their lives and stuff. Um, you know, maybe that diamonds on their windshield spoken word thing. Like, yeah, I listened to it when I listened to this album again. I was like, ah, I don't know. I'll listen to this maybe once and fast forward through it again. But, you know, I look, there's a song early on and it's what is it called? It's called San Diego Serenade. Yes. OK. And the song, every single line is I never missed. I never this. I never it's I never something after that. And it to me. The reason that song holds up is it doesn't matter what the rest of the lyrics are because what, what he's talking about is, you know, I never realized this until it was, I was away from it. It was either taken away from me or I got distance between that and me. And as a comedian, this is why I would think that comedians in general would relate to this or people that travel. It's like, you know, you live in LA or New York, whatever, but I'll, I'll just take LA because I live there, for instance. I just got off the road. I was with Jim. We went to Buffalo, Philly and Norfolk, Virginia. Nothing. Nothing wrong with Norfolk, Virginia or Buffalo or any of the, but by the end of the trip, you're just like, man, I, I, we literally, I landed, got picked up at the airport and we're in traffic on the 110 and I wasn't even upset. So I was like, man, like, I didn't know I missed this <laughs> until I was yeah. away from it. And then I was, and, but it, if you're just sitting in traffic after being in LA for a month, you're like, oh, fuck this, fuck LA. Fuck. But you get away from me like, oh yeah, I love this place. I love everything about it. Even the, like, the stuff that I thought I hated, you know, or didn't yeah. like. And that song is, that's all it's about. So it doesn't matter. You can just make up your own lyrics to it. You know, I, you know, I never, you know, never missed the traffic until <laughs> I was in Norfolk, Virginia. I, I never missed someone breaking into my car and taking <laughs> my bag out my front seat. That's the new LA. But I never uh, missed. That's a bit, a bit wordy. That yeah. homeless dude shitting on Beachwood Drive, even though it's a nice neighborhood. <laughs> never missed that whole yeah but uh i you know i still i think the vibe holds up for me at least it does you know? yeah I, I i agree it's a vibe it's definitely a vibe uh so a lot of diehards uh feel that their life is divided into two parts the before discovering tom waits and after uh mm. it has not affected me that way um not saying that it's that it i mean that it's that it's bad or it's good or this that or the other thing is that like i, I dig it um, but I'm not like, do you, does, do you have that kind of, of feeling, well, you know, musically? No, because that would be my whole, I, I, you know, six or seven when I was started listening to, you know, so no, no, but, um, I, I like Tom Waits, but I don't, I don't, I don't divide my life in, by that at all, but, uh, <laughs> I didn't think so. But, yeah. It would be really bad. I was like, I was like <laughs> there's pre Tom Waits. I was shitting in my diapers. <laughs> Post Tom Waits fruit roll-ups do you uh, <laughs> is there an era of tom waits that you've heard that you dig the most do you like yeah, I, this this is it that's what i that's what i i this album closing time those are the two i would still listen to you know like if you put on something from any other album, i would be like oh tom waits cool like i haven't heard this in a while whatever but um i think uh what there's another one i can't forget the name nighthawks at the uh, the cafe or something that that album i think is right after this mm -hmm. i might occasionally put that on too but 
I put on track still from this album and closing time like through. I'm like, oh yeah, I wanna I wanna do some self-reflecting. <laughs> so, you know, I put this on, or I just went through a breakup or something like that, or yeah. or something like that, you know, and I and, and I'll I'll put it on and just I want that kind of to sit in that feeling. I don't know if I don't know if the other albums like Rain Dogs, I don't know if I'm ever going to put on again, except for maybe a couple of songs that I liked from it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mule Variations, I will probably never listen to again. I would listen to this. This is a this is a nice rainy day, you know, in the house. I'm I'm cleaning or I'm I'm reading or like I'm just hanging out, you know. This is a very, very easy album of his to listen to. And, you know, to all the listeners, if uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, uh, you know, you should fucking underneath the uh, the picture that I post on my Instagram, like, let me know what your favorite uh, Tom Waits record is and what your favorite era is. Cause I honestly think this is mine. I also do got to give him a shout out. I fucking love, I love Bram Stoker's Dracula, Tom Waits, you know, Renfield, you know, fucking, uh. That ruled, uh, man. Like, I because he was just such a good character actor, and I love, I do love the the deeper stuff too. But, yeah. but, but as uh, musically, like, I think the older stuff is cooler. Uh, I think the younger stuff is 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 much more pleasant. Yeah, and the, and there's like three tracks I listen to on this album. The, and it's not even the title track, which I like, the hardest Saturday night. I think, and it's a great song. But there's the San Diego Serenade, which it's such a weird name, San Diego Serenade. The title, you're like, and you put on the song, you're like, what? San Diego, like, you know, just, uh, but, uh, which this, that song's been covered a bunch too. And, um, you know, who covered it, you know, Dion. Yeah. He's a, yeah. The, the Wanderer and Run Around. Dion Cole. Like, Dion, yeah. Oh, no, that, no, not <laughs> Dion Cole. Not Dion Cole. <laughs> no, the musician Dion, he did the Run Around Sue, that song, and the Wanderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in the Rock and Roll of Fame and whatever. He's like, well, he, uh, I, um, he covered it and he just like changed the name to Serenade. And I was like, I didn't think you're allowed to do. It's the same lyrics, it's the same song. And he's like, I'm just gonna change the name. But um, I did a show with that guy. Usually, I did a show with Dion, at a recovery. It was like a, a a show for people in programs, recovery programs. And it was like in this in a a, a, a basketball arena at Florida Atlantic University. I did not know who he was at the time. I didn't know he was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that he was like this legendary musician, whatever. And we're getting ready to go down there. He's going to play some songs and then introduce me and a couple other comics to go up. And he just goes, and he goes, where are all the comics? Whatever. And I'm like, we're here, here. And then he just looks at me and he goes, well, you don't look very funny. You know, like that kind of, like somebody would say to you. And I didn't know who he was. And I go, well, you don't look very good at whatever it is you do either, buddy. You know, just like to be a dickhead or like some stupid. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know he was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame there. And he was that. And then he went up and played the run around. So I go, oh, that's the, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Good fucking move, dickhead. That was me internally. <laughs> but, um, and, and then there's a, the other song is Fumbling, Fumbling with the Blues. It's like this, uh, it's like a, it's like from the point of view of like this kind of like just drunk, like in the bar. But I've always wanted to play, can you play piano? Uh, enough. Like I can dig, I can dig around on it. I've always wanted to like own a piano and then have people over and then at some point just slide in and be like, hey, and just start, you know. Fucking do it, dude. But you got a house now. Fucking invent, dude. Pianos are really good. I know. Good, it's like- not like I just sit on my ass all day. I do things. Like I have a lot of things I'm doing. It's a piano. All right, is not a moment. All right. What is this? What is this? A motivational <laughs> podcast too? 
<laughs> you need to get up. You need to fucking work. You need to learn how to play. You know how long I have to learn how to play piano to do? I don't want to just be able to play chopsticks. I want to like just sit. I down. know that. I know. Well, fucking dude, just it's not very hard. Okay, I, I disagree. It's not hard to learn how to play piano and sing at the same time and entertain people. Learn one song. All right. Well. I guess I'll just won't even say what I was going to say then. You know? <laughs> say it, no, say it, dude. Say <laughs> nah, forget it. You know, yeah, finish like it, finish shit it. Now, no, I didn't say your piece. I'm trying to motivate. I'm trying to motivate. I listened to your story about some woman and this long thing. I was quiet the whole time. There's so many times I could have made jokes and thrown. You should have. That's the point. Take your dick out on the street or something, and I was. <laughs> now it was like a tender moment. I was letting you have it. It was my. It was, it was my Tom Waits movie. Anyways, I like fumbling with the blues. Good to <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got. I want to ask you this, um, so we can find out more about you. So, like we talked about, this album is about the nightlife, poverty, and criminality. If you had to say a part of your life is reflected the most in this record, when would mm-hmm. it be? And, and tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, probably from after I graduated college till I became a comedian. I'd say. Um, I was a marine biologist. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's going to be reflective at all. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. This is going. It sounds like a Tarantino movie. Um, I was a marine biologist, and but I and I worked as a marine biologist, but I also had like a, a separate life from that too. That was filled with drugs, alcohol, doing drugs and alcohol, selling drugs and alcohol. Well, I didn't sell alcohol. Selling drugs, going to clubs, going to bars going, staying out all night, staying out for days at a time, um, you know, just living this kind of life of just excess, but like just in a, just in CD kind of dark way. And it was fun. And I had a lot of fun times and I still have friends from that time. And we've all moved on to different parts of our lives, but I look back and I'm just like, man, I really was in a dark places then, you know, but I still, was kind of like pushing through on the other part of my life stuff. So, so you, yeah, you were functioning, you were like a functioning degenerate, like in a sense, because you're, you're able to still be a marine biologist, you know, pay your bill. Were you paying your bills or no? Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah. able to pay your bills, but it's oh, gambling. Happen. How did I have to leave out gambling? I was gambling the whole time too. You know, so that's, that's my biggest one. I don't even know how I left that one. That's my biggest, my biggest, right. And the world of gambling is like, you can go to a casino, by the way, they're always like every casino's ad is like, "Hey, we're in, we're wearing a suit and tie, and we're getting dressed to the nines." It's like no one's wearing a suit and tie at a casino. Everyone's wearing like ripped fucking tracksuit pants, and then they're like, "You want to buy a watch?" Okay, <laughs> yeah. Just, they're just, just like I, I, me and Angela used to go to uh, every time we used to do a show uh, on the uh, we had to take the five. We'd always stop at Commerce Casino on the way home, smoke oh, a yeah. joint in the parking lot, and then go in and then watch everybody play poker. And like yeah. we would just Angela would just riff and make fun of the guys like that guy has high blood pressure this guy (laughs) this guy likes to run sand particles through his fingers and i mean and then you'd see those like those guys that have been sitting there for like five six hours and then they have that asian woman that's like kneading their back and like they're and they're eating like a bowl of pho or whatever and it's crazy because at a casino you'll see people some people will lose money and they're just despondent but other people get angry and they'll just start yelling and "You're, you're a fucking bad dealer i'm like you're, you're yelling at statistics. That's what you're doing. It's like, yeah. they act like there's some sort of luck involved. They're like, it's you, you're the bad deal. It's like, they're just taking cards out of a thing. And it's like, 
And I, I could never be a dealer because it's like it's like the fucking hate that gets spewed at, you know, and it's like you could lose. It's a casino. I don't know if you know how this works. It's a you know, um, I remember we uh, this is I was I, I was in Vegas with some friends and we were on mushrooms. This is recently. Well, not gambling. They decided to go gambling on mushrooms. And I just stayed in the room. I said, I'll just stay in here. I'm too fucked up. I can't go out. And um, they came back and they were all like, they lost all their money. And they were like, yeah, um, yeah, I think that dealer, he was doing something weird. You know, their mushroom brains were like, I, I would see something like there was a card. And then maybe like they thought there was some conspiracy going on. And I go, or you're in a casino and you lost your money in a casino. That's probably like what happened. It's, it's just, it's, it's strange to me that people go there. And cause even when I gamble and stuff, I would accept it when I lost it. I didn't like it, but it was like this abuse that I would like inflict on myself. So yeah, anyways, that was a big part of my life too then. So it was like drugs, gambling. I was like, it was, it was just this alter ego, alter life that I lived. And so I associate a lot with that. And I, I miss it a lot too though, because it's very interesting. Like we said, like you, you guys used to go high there and watch it. That's the interesting part of life. But if you immerse yourself in it and it's your whole life, it'll fuck you up, you know? So it's almost like you got to visit it once in a while. And I don't know how to do that as an addict, you know? Uh, like I'm an addict. Gambling is my big thing. But I mean, I've, I've gone to excess with everything. And so I when I, I don't dip my toe in, I always just dive fully in. So it's either I'm in that kind of world or I'm out of that world. And it's like, you know, I'm just fat walking around my house now and i'm happy with that i got my dog and stuff but it's like hey. the, the the alternate to that is like wow i'm gonna be old and doing this like it's one thing if you're in your 20s doing this shit but it's like now i'm gonna be like a getting my aarp card and just like all right let's do it dude <laughs> do i will i was just watching cops i love cops i leave it on for lecco when i leave the house she loves cops yeah. uh they have it on pluto tv it runs it's a channel it runs all the time um trying to toughen her up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I was watching an episode where these two guys that were like in their mid forties got busted. Like, I think they were, they had drugs on them and they were in a car. They were, I, I don't know what they were doing, but I remember the cop was like, you know, like at the end, when after he, he rested both of them, he was like, yeah, man, that's sad, man, to see guys in their mid forties still doing this shit and still fucking living this lifestyle when it's like, you know, you're fucking 45. And I mean, you know, like you said something, I, I romanticize. Dude, when you listen to this record and you hear about the characters that we've all met, you know, I've met these guys. I've hung out at bars in Baltimore and have, and have met the characters, these, 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 these people that are fun. They're fun to drink with. They're fun to be around. Um, but I don't, you know, but that was only for that moment in my life. I don't want to take them with me where yeah. I go. Just like... It was fun. I romanticized uh, Forrest when I used to go to downtown LA and buy dope. I used to I used to think it was the coolest thing ever. I was like Miles Davis used to be a heroin addict and and John Coltrane and and fucking Scott Weiland of Stuntable Pilots and these guys that I look up to, and it's like they were fucking losers. But there's something beautiful about that seedy underbelly of the world. Like I said, yeah. though, it's and. It, Good. When I was gambling, um, I did had two phases of gambling. Sports gambling was very mostly lonely. I would just do it by myself, <clears throat> alone in my house. But when I would go to casinos and gambling, the one thing that I did miss is sometimes you'd be sitting at a table with a bunch of strangers. Maybe you'd have a drink, maybe you wouldn't. But you get to talking to all of them, and 
if you started winning together, you know, you had like this. And even if you were losing together, you were like this group, this unit where you were like, yeah, hey, yeah, what do you do? What's going on? All right, hey, good luck, whatever. Oh, nice. All right, you won or whatever. And, it, and it's like your brain romanticizes that. But then you look back and you're like, oh, we're all a bunch of fucking degenerate gamblers too. And we're, and we're all staying away from the people that we care about, our friends, our loved ones. We're wasting money here that we could yeah. be using for other things. We're wasting time, which is even more important. You know, the amount of time that I spent gambling is, is I couldn't even put it, I don't even know what it is, but it's so much, you know? And so listening to something like this, it, like I said, it, it, that's what I think is fun about it where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there, done that. And that was, and I don't, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't fully regret everything I've done because there were things that I, you know, like you said, romanticized. I like, and I think this is a good way to do it. Listen to an album and be like, yeah, those were the days, huh? Oh, wait, those weren't the days. Like, yeah, they weren't. <laughs> but when in a Tom Waits song, they are very, <laughs> very beautiful. And uh, yeah. yeah, big ups, man. Tom, you, you did a really good job. Uh, really good job talking about fucked up shit in a beautiful way. Who <laughs> um, out there? Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! All right, any other songs we want to talk about? I know we've mentioned a couple of them. Listen, man, I, I mean, before I get into, we get into reviews and random facts, like, dude, the songs on this record that are good are really good. The ones I don't connect with, I don't connect with at all. But man, um... You know, God, it's like, I love what you just said, dude, because now it's like, I just, I'm thinking about being in Baltimore and just sitting at those bars and just looking over and there, it's a Tom Waits song right there. Yeah. But that's what it is. I mean, that's why, that's why you talk about it. You go to therapy, you go to 12 step meeting, you do whatever, if you have some sort of addiction and you, 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 you could talk about it. And some people say, oh, that's, might say, oh, you're romantic. I, nah, I, I think to talk about it and to think about it is still therapeutic and helps you not to repeat it because you'll, you'll inevitably think about all the bad shit that goes along with it too, where you're like, yeah, yeah, that sucked. That person lost their family or they died or they did this or whatever, you know, because yeah. so, yeah. um, that there's a song in here, by the way, please call me baby. I don't know if you like that song, but that's like a kind of Frank Sinatra. one. But Peter, uh, because you call you Peter, Adam, play a little bit of please call me baby. The reason I bring this one up though is because it is it's a it's you know that what's that what's that Christmas song that they say is like it's like maybe it's cold outside yeah maybe it's cold outside it's like rapey they yeah. say that one. yeah this is the the good version of that song because he's like he's basically this song is about like you can't 
the, the gist of it to me is like, you, you, you got to have the good with the bad because they balance each other out. You can't just have all good and all bad, whatever. But the lyric he keeps saying, he goes, ah, it's cold outside. You're going to get sick and blah, blah, blah. But he's not like being like, uh, he's not, he's not going to get a me too in this song or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like the, it's, so this is, it's almost like a Christmassy song for you here, guys. Clean it for Christmas. Put this one on Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm glad you asked to play that song because it just reminded me of, of, of something like that. That really, I'm telling you like that, that's the song that I'm going to take with me uh, past this record. Um, oh, yeah? Okay. yeah. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. I'm adding it to my, I'm going to fleece army. I'm going to add it to my 500 uh, playlist on dark Lord Spotify. Yeah. I'm looking up the lyrics. Cause there's like the lyrics of that song are like, just so why you like, look that up. Why you look that up. I'm going to do some random facts. Uh, so this is the third and final time we're going to talk about Tom on the 500. Uh, the first time was at 416 with mule variations where we had Chris Sullivan from this is us. The last time was at 399 with rain dogs uh, with Taylor Goldsmith from the band Dawes. And, uh, and now we have you, my fucking doodle. I love you, buddy. Uh, rain dogs moved up to 357 on the 2020 list, but this album and mule variations did not make the list. Um, hmm. I can see why I can see why rain dogs, uh, rain dogs is kind of an amalgamation of both of these, you know, Nobody. Okay. Uh, um, okay. I thought like, you were, I thought that was rhetorical. <laughs> uh, Actually. <laughs> so here is some nice album reviews. Uh, the Los Angeles times in a retrospective review said uh, that he, that buddy Seagal, the writer was, was more impressed by Wade's touching, touchingly unashamedly sentimental songs calling the heart of Saturday night, perhaps the singer's most mature ingenuous and fully realized album can i be completely honest with you out of the three records we've listened to i would completely agree with that and it was 25 that's so like fucking i yeah and yeah. you want me to learn piano now come on dude come on dude just fucking <laughs> learn one song i already know one, one song i can play green sleeves which ding, one's that? Ding, 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 Learn the fucking words to it. So There's no song. I don't, I don't know what the words. Are there words to it? Green, green sleeves, green sleeves, <laughs> not purple sleeves. Green sleeves. Uh, some oh, nasty. Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously. What the fuck? That's that's a Tom Waits song. That's a Tom Waits song, dude. Who would write discourteously as a word in a song? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Fucking Tom Waits. Um, nasty album reviews in a contemporary review for the Village Voice. Janet Maslin regarded the songs as tawdry affections of a boozy vertigo marred by Waits. Vague lyrics and ill-advised puns on an album that is too self-consciously limited in mood. It demands to be listened to after hours when that cloud of self-pitying gloom has descended and the vino is close at hand. Or you could have just said, have a beer and listen to this. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. All right, Wade's first tour for the Closing Time album was opening for Frank Zappa, the Mothers of Invention. He took over for the previous act, Kathy Dalton, who pulled out due to fan hostility. Waits encountered the same reception and found Zappa intimidating. To promote the heart of Saturday night, he would reluctantly agree to open for Zappa's band again, but it would help his career. He headlined his first show in October of 74. All right, let me see if there's any more questions I want to ask you about this. Um, you love to ask questions. 
Well, they write a bunch of them for me. No, I mean, like, just in general. I sometimes give you shit online because you're always like, hey, guys, what should I get? Blue towels or yellow towels? It's like, dude, just make your own decisions already. You want me to learn piano? Start making your own decisions about things. Hey, uh, hey, gang out there, what movie should I see? Ghostbusters or House of Gucci? Okay. Can I <laughs> tell you why I do that? Because that's so funny. You're not. I love you. Player. I love you, Josh. It's okay. I love you, too. I use social media i know for what i think it was invented for questions especially facebook facebook and twitter dude what do you want me to do fucking be like yeah this fucking sucks fuck all this that's twitter and facebook Mm. is the same thing now so Mm. what i do is go hey i need to get a picture framed in new york city anybody (laughs) have recommendations and then hey i'm looking for a good cheeseburger in st louis what do you got is that, it okay if I still give you shit about it though? I mean, for sure. It's fucking lame. Okay. Dude. It's lame. I'm gonna start asking questions once in a while and then I'll just tag you in this. Please. Oh, forgot. And then I'll <laughs> I'll give you my my thoughts if I know the answer, if I have a good recommendation. Does anybody have a good uh podiatrist in uh in fucking in Temecula? I need a good Mandy Petty person in LA. So prefer, preferably in the Atwater Village area. Oh, sure. come on, dude. They're everywhere, bro. I know, but you go there. If you ever get a Manny Petty, like you go there and they, they when they start doing the, uh, they scrubbing the dead skin off. If they do it wrong, then you cracks your feet later and then you're, you're messed up. The thing about your foot too is like, once there's an itch, you, you can never itch it away. It just gets itchier if you itch it. Like you, then you itch it harder and then it's like, nah. I do during, during uh, COVID, I fucking grew my toenails out so long so long like because i wanted to see how long i could get them and i mean and then the day that i was able to fucking chop those motherfuckers off was like that was a big day during the lockdown i was like here it is <laughs> I'm they were like me did you put it on twitter should i no. cut them or shouldn't i no. <laughs> comment below comment below <laughs> which which toe should i start with first biggie or smallie <laughs> All right, rapid questions. Let's get you out of here. This was great, dude. Uh, favorite song on the record? Uh, Please Call Me Baby. Oh, I, I really like that one. Yeah. Uh, what I, was- it, it's close between that and San Diego Serenade, but I, Please Call Me Baby just, it's like that classic, like I said at the beginning, the depressing music that still puts me in a good mood, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. Um, what was the one that you played for me, uh, that Adam, the one we just played? That, that was that's Please it. Call Me Baby. For yeah. sure. That's yeah. that. And I'll say that. And I'll say the one that I heard with the girl, uh, shiver me timbers. Uh, yeah. I would say those two, but I, but if I had to pick between those two, shiver me timbers now has this weird thing in my heart, but I'm going to say, please call me baby. All right. Yeah. Um, what song on this record did you skip over? Uh, diamonds on my windshield. That's spoken. Like I said, you're doing spoken word and you're saying the one Oh one and San Clemente and what I'm just, I'm out. Like I, I, I don't like spoken word really anyways you know but for sure so. i agree i'm i'm we're, we're 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 two for two right now um what song on this record would you fuck to um yeah fumbling with the blues yeah it's it's the most upbeat you know you can get a little rhythm going and also it's 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 kind of got that vibe anyways it's like Play a little yeah. bit play yeah. a little bit i want to hear his fuck me song you know the bartenders they all know my name Right. You're, you're yeah. Yeah, I got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my hips into it. Um, <laughs> I think I would still say, please call me baby. That's um, 
it's romantic it's sweet it's beautiful uh, <laughs> wait i change it up i want to go with the spoken word one the spoken word one well there's a penis in vagina and he's coming real quick because he uh, didn't oh, masturbate this never happens ever, ever. <laughs> he didn't masturbate earlier today as he should have been he had his sex coming up yeah let's um, do it again right after i wake up <laughs> <laughs> uh and last question uh does this deserve to be on the 500 greatest albums list and if so why should the younger generation listen to this um what number is it at on this list 339 on the 2012 list 339 i would say yes um i don't know if it would be this high in greatest albums maybe put it in the 400s but i say yes um and i think i think the younger generation can listen to this because it's like you said do the lyrics hold up i don't some specific things might not but for the most part this is still this is still people's lives. They go out on a set like the title track, drive around with their sweetheart, go go to a bar, find something to do, hang out. You you get involved in this kind of like this world and stuff. You have a drink, you're out. Yeah, I, I think all these, I think all of the themes here still exist in people's lives. So if you do like just sit back and listen to it, you're like, yeah, I can identify with a lot of this stuff. If you were gonna put one of the three that we've done on the list, I see why Rain Dogs is the one that uh, stayed on the 2020 list. Um, and I think if you're gonna have to choose between the three, I think you gotta put Rain Dogs. Um, mm. not, not because this is a bad record. I like this record way more than I like Rain Dogs. Rain Dogs is a cooler record. Uh, and I think musically it's a little bit more out there than this, of course, but you know, this is my favorite of the three that we've done. Uh, it sucks that this is the last one that we're going to do. Uh, I don't really, I can't believe closing time is not on there. That would be, not. Oh, yeah, it's not, well, but there's maybe. only 500. So yeah, you gotta, you yeah. should have voted. Why didn't you vote? Uh, it's the same reason I haven't learned how to play piano, you know? Yep. I get it. In my opinion, I give this record three, three fleeces a solid three three fleeces out of five what about you we go a little higher i'll say four just because i have this like this connection to it from my whole life you know it's not one of my favorite albums of all time but i really like it and i'm gonna say four yeah okay i, I just four out of five. i don't think this i think they're the ones that i like on this are fewer than than the ones that i no. the movie phrase that. yeah but it's just like it's just like there's album, other albums that i really identify with that i listened to when i was young and then i'm like i don't think people really like these these albums as much as I do, but this yeah. is how it goes, you know? No, hundred percent. hundred percent. If I had, had, if I had heard this when I was older, I'd probably be right where you're at, you know? For sure, dude. Um, so, uh, promote away, uh, promote the podcast again, promote anything you want to promote. Please listen to our podcast. Uh, I do it with Jim Jeffries. It's called, I don't know about that with Jim Jeffries. It's a very fun podcast. It's out weekly on Tuesdays and, um, uh, you can find out on everything, you know, that's, all the ones, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, you can come out and see me in Vegas. I'll be there uh, uh, December 27th through January 2nd at the Comedy Cellar. But, uh, and in January, I'll be on the road with Jim. By all means, look at his website, come out there. But please, if you're in the Philadelphia area, January 20th, Punchline Philly, I'll be there for one night only. Um, please come to that show in the Philadelphia area. It's going to be fun. I just performed there with Jim and did like 10, 15 minutes in front of him. And hopefully a lot of people come out from that show. But if you listen to this, come out for a show, punchline Philly, January 20th. Go see Forrest, everybody. He's great. He's a great comic. Uh, I love you, buddy. Uh, I love you so much. Um, love you too, by buddy. The, by the way, you didn't come to the jam. Uh, I know I was going to come to the jam when you were, when you're in town in LA and I, fuck, I hit you up and everything. And then I wasn't <laughs> yeah. able to make it. And then I didn't hit you up. I'm very rude. 
Yeah, you love me despite that, but that's I fine. do. I do. It's all good. Uh, dude, this was fun. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. What I tell you, what I tell you, the one and only Forrest Shaw. Follow him on all social media at Forrest Shaw, F O R R E S T S H A W. Check out his stand up special, Poor Decisions, on Amazon Prime, but listen to his podcast, I Don't Know About That, with Jim Jeffries. And for all things Forrest, go to his website, ForrestShaw.net. Listener shout out, Eddie underscore the underscore realtor. Dude, I love you. You're always just, he's on Instagram. I don't know what it is on Twitter, but Eddie the realtor, you fucking rule, man. You're you're a fan of the show. Uh, you listen every week, and you send comments, and you send very positive things to me. He sends me these like Instagram messages that are just very positive, and I need it. Now, we just listened to Tom Waits from 74. How about Sean Rowe? He's an alternative folk singer-songwriter from Troy, New York, who's got gorgeous storytelling uh, and a unique singing voice, and he is a natural successor to Tom. And you're listening to his song, Squid Tattoo, of his brand new record, The Darkness Dressed in Color Lights. And you can find all of that on our website, the500podcast.com. Send us your music if you want to be played here, 500podcast at gmail.com. If you were influenced, send us to it. Send us to it. Next week is Big Brother and the Holding Company week as we go deep into 1968's Cheap Thrills. Do your homework. But I can't believe you're from Ohio I love your squid tattoo I love the way you live I love your black lipstick that you're speaking with yeah, You strike me as just a right kind of crazy And with this cold dark beer in my hand tonight I'm gonna spin this room I'm gonna change my life I'm just waiting for you to Raise one of your eyebrows If you could see just who I was The second before I fell hard into your doorway Now, I don't want to kill your buzz But baby, I was losing so damn hard Going the wrong way
Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Next Chapter Podcasts.